0: The following is a paid program and is meant for educational information only and is the sole opinion of today's sponsors. A full inspection of your situation is suggested before taking any action. Making your home great. Making your home great is on every single week at this time on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm getting a slight echo in my head. We are, uh, we're live today with Stephen Clip, who is the House Whisperer. Stephen, how are you? Good. Stephen, as you can tell, is practicing um, social distancing, um, and he's home for this show. Bernard Mumford is at the WPTF patio, where we're broadcasting live and outside, because it's a beautiful day. Welcome, Bernard.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It is a beautiful day.
0: We're going to talk today about a couple of things we're going to talk about. Your home, how it looks, how Stephen Clip can help you even before you have purchased a home. And, and we're going to talk about the, um, the the value of calling an architect before you move forward with a purchase or any sort of plan. Why you call an architect before a contractor? Stephen will tell you why. Uh, first little bit of the show, we're going to talk to Bernard Mumford uh, and As we've tried to do, we give everybody that we can a nickname around here. Um, And Bernard Mumford is the furniture nerd.
1: That's right. Just remember nerd. Bernard Mumford. And
0: and mumfordrestoration.com is the website. The company is Mumford Restoration. You go searching for that online. Remember, there is no S at the end of restoration. Right. But you do a lot of restoring.
1: Yeah, we focus on sentimental items so we can restore just about anything that's in your attic.
0: Okay, so, for instance, if we go ahead and um, we pull something out of the attic. I, I, I've I got some old radios in the attic. Mm-hmm. And I assumed, foolishly, that you could make them look good, but that's about it. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, well, we restore the technical aspect as well as the cabinet. So it's a pretty cool thing to have all the the tubes and the capacitors and all of that changed. So we have a great team that can put your radio back together, make it sound right, and then restore the cabinet.
0: You know, the weird thing is I own some old radios. I don't think I know too many people who are in radio for a long period of time who don't own. You know, a tube-type radio.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's sitting in the on the shelf, and I, you know, they haven't they haven't worked properly in a long time. Do you have people on staff or uh, in your organization who are going to go through the machine? Yeah, or?
1: yeah. Well, the way it starts is that if you have a sentimental radio and you're thinking about, well, gosh, I'd love it to look good and to play. Right. Well, then we suggest that you don't plug that in if there's any danger. No, <laughs> you, no. you bring it over to the shop for what we call an evaluation. So we charge a fee, uh, bring it into the shop, and one of our technicians will review all that it needs and submit a proposal. And then you can say, yes or no, I am this sentimental about this radio, I want to fix it. And it can be a wide variety of costs.
0: Sometimes what happens is that people look at something and say, you know, I'd like to turn it on and, 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 and listen to WPTF on this antique radio that was grandma's. Why shouldn't I plug it in?
1: Well, sometimes the cord, you know, just the old AC cord that yeah. you're going to plug into the wall can be dangerous. Yeah. So, you know, the old tubes, the old uh, grounding wire, uh, that can be something that uh, can be a little risky. In fact, this is the cause of fire, which we also do fire and water damage. Oh, you so do. we often are trying to say, we don't want to start any fires. So you keep from plugging it in if you think there's any danger.
0: That's Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration we started talking about radios but you're almost to the point where people can bring in just about anything
1: yeah well we often talk about if you took your house and turned it upside down and dumped everything out we could probably fix everything that fell out yeah yeah
0: okay but mm-hmm. most of the stuff I have is junk so <laughs> well it can be <laughs> but there's that one percent of one percent that's good I have right. an old Zenith radio it's about three and a half four foot tall mm-hmm cabinet looks good on the other hand and, and i've dated it i think it's 19 i don't know 1941 or two the uh, you know mm-hmm. i got another one that's 1939 yeah. which means that people turned this thing on and heard the news reports of the japanese attacking pearl harbor think about that yeah yeah all right so yeah. uh a tube set like that that the tall ones Is that reasonable to assume that we can restore them to the radio to receive radio signals.
1: Well, th- we often compare this to saying, well, I'm going to drive up in my 1966 Mustang and you're going to tell me how it runs. Yeah. You can't do it without evaluating. You got to look at it. And so what happens is we'll have a radio that comes in at 300 bucks because it only needs one tube and evaluated. Yeah. And then we have ones that are, you know, 2,500 bucks because you need to have all okay. the tubes and the capacitors replaced and everything that's needed. So it can be a wide scale.
0: Stephen, feel free to jump in with any questions for Bernard uh, as we go along.
2: I uh, will. I just love to use old things in houses. You do? And I love the idea. Well, I love the idea of a contemporary house. Yes. My house now is a very minimalist, modern house. Yes. It, with a lot of antiques in it.
0: Really? Oh, cool.
2: And you get... Uh, you know, a chair or something or a table yes. from the late 1800s and restore that. The wood is beautiful.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: Folks who are listening in the car, no, they're not out to get you. Don't look behind you. Don't look in front of you. We just had a fire engine pass by. We're near, I think it's... Uh, uh, station 2 just around the corner. Mm. Why are we outside? We're outside in part because we're in this social distancing <laughs> thing. We couldn't think of a better place on a beautiful day like this to be other than at either ends of a very long table. Mm. And, of course, Stevens, you know, hiding in his house. But he's the house whisperer. Let's let him, let him enjoy his house.
1: Well, I got something to talk about with you, Steve. I was just yesterday uh. to see a customer down in um, Greenville, North Carolina. And she has purchased a house that was built in 1960 and has a beautifully solid brass hand railing that is uh, 24 feet long on one side Mm -hmm. and 16 feet on the other side. And at first we thought, well, maybe it's steel and it's plated with, you know, a thin electroplate. But we got down to her house uh, yesterday and and reviewed, and it's solid brass. And uh, I think it was built for the Mingi's family in 1960. Okay. In Greenville, North Carolina. So this was an awesome project. So we're going to be taking the brass railing to the shop, completely stripping, and uh, polishing and relacquering the entire brass railing.
0: Sure, that sounds like an extreme project. Is yes. it a hand railing for stairs?
1: It is. It's a beautiful curved mm-hmm. stairway, um, and it, uh, you know, was a fantastic craftsmanship you know, nineteen fifty nine and it was installed in nineteen sixty when they built the house. It's in a very prime neighborhood in Greenville and boy this this railing and so she's trying to decide now should we, you know, do a full polish and restoration which is going to be a significant cost. Yeah. Or, you know, leave it as it is.
2: What do well, you guys think about question, Yeah, Stephen go well, ahead? Well the other question is you know, you look at you move into a house that is fifty years old or eighty years old or something and you see a lot of things, and it, the first answer is just simply, I'm going to replace it. Yes. So yeah. I'm going to take that handrail on this curved staircase, and I'll replace it, because that's the easy answer. Uh, yeah. Actually, that's right. restore, I will almost certain restoring that handrail will cost less than replacing it.
1: Yeah, because if you were to manufacture uh, to that hand railing now, it would be exorbitant cost. Oh, yeah. it's going to be Absolutely.
2: probably uh, six to eight thousand dollars to replace that handrail wow. uh, mm-hmm. with a with a new one in wood and or wood and metal, and it doesn't have the history.
1: Right. That's right. That's now one that's thing. Pre-
2: you can save history and incorporate that's it right. in your house it's really cool. That whenever
0: is. whenever we the Alexanders move anything into our house, of course that's it, an antique, we always try to be very careful. But we almost always scratch something. But here's the good part, gentlemen. It's called patina. There's a special antique word for it, right?
1: <laughs> yes. So
0: mm-hmm. so should we try to take something that's been weathered that is used and restore it to brand new factory standards we'll Well, start with bernard
1: let's start at the beginning of that which would be what we call sentimental neverland so when a person gets stuck with something that's in their attic and they're not ready to get rid of it because it's too emotional yeah and they're not really ready to use it because gosh it's just old and they're not sure whether they want to spend money on it. This is where we can help the most because we can help get that piece out of the attic and help you with the decision. Well, how sentimental are you if it costs $2,000 to fix it? I'm never that yeah. sentimental. <laughs> That's the question we're dealing with every day. So Neverland means that, you know, you've got to decide, well, if I want to use this thing from the attic, I've got to be able to make it look good enough that it feel proud to have it in the house. Yeah. And so then you have to say, well, do I really like it? And these are one of the questions, you know, the ten questions to determine when to restore is, do I like this piece enough and do I have enough sentimental value that I want to spend money? And that's where you have to decide well, how much is patina and how much does it just look awful, Dave. Yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. That's no. the question.
0: Well, we, well we. there
2: may be another one. There may be another question, which is, I could replace it. And I'm yeah, that's a right. lot yeah. of dining tables. And Mm -hmm. I could replace it, but the woodwork on this is beautiful. And to get a new piece that has that kind of woodwork, what's the cost of one versus the other? Because, frankly, a 50-year-old table in good shape functions and looks just as good as a brand-new one.
1: Yeah. No. Well, I would say often it's better. The craftsmanship of, uh, of pieces from 50 years or more are the things that we restore the most. You know, obviously, we get pieces yeah. that are 18th century, 17th century sometimes. But folks that have mid-century furniture and, and quality pieces that are before the 70s and 80s are yeah. still uh, pretty well made. He's, he's so.
0: saying the one word that I knew we were going to get into where mom and dad would say, yeah, that was uh, mine from the 50s. Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration says no, it's mid-century.
1: There you go, mid-century. It's <laughs>
0: mid-century. Now...
1: <laughs> the fancy what? word.
0: You you excluded <laughs> things that were 10 years beyond mid-century, which would be, what, 60s?
1: Well, there's some pieces. I mean, we're just talking about this handrail that was 1960. Oh, yeah. But, but there's a lot of good quality pieces from then, too. Um, we have pieces from Kraft Teak and Henkel Harris and, you know, local companies that do a really good job of building things in that era. All right. But, we'll
0: pick this up in just a moment with Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration. He's the furniture nerd. Uh, we get that from the end of his name, Bernard, the furniture nerd. I didn't give him the nickname; he told me. <laughs> MumfordRestoration.com dot com is the website. You could go to it right now and see all those amazing things. Also, Stephen Clip, who is the house whisperer, Stephen Clip again came to the show with the nickname. We didn't hang it on him, but Stephen Clip, uh, Stephen, am I correct? It's Stephen Clipp Architecture yeah. dot, dot com.
2: Dot com but by the time you say you type in Stephen Clip, yeah, you'll get me.
0: There aren't too many Stephen Clips. Two P's at the end, by the way, and Stephen is spelled with a V. You're gonna figure it out. We'll we'll, we'll get it. Stephen Clip, the House Whisperer, Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration, and Dave Alexander on making your home great. News Radio six eighty WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. News Radio 680 WPTF. Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration and Stephen Clipp, the House Whisperer, with us. You want to join in on the conversation. 919-860-9783. Call. We'll get you on the air because you'll be first in line. 919-860-9783. And Bernard, you've told me that during the show we should remind people to... Take care of their dogs and water their plants. That's right. What do plants and dogs have to do with your business? Well,
1: we actually get a lot of work from plants and dogs. So obviously the plants—they they
0: just stop by and bring things right, in. Yeah,
1: plants bring things in. It's the overwatering of plants that provides uh, a lot of work for us. So everybody at home, go out and water your plants too much, and we'll have something to do, because this is kind of a weird time we're having right now in the yeah. world. So uh, you can water your plants, and then also everybody should go out and get a puppy, because there's this stage they go through. There's a lot of chewing and uh, we do a lot of repair and touch-up of things that have been chewed, Uh, some of it drastically and some minor.
0: I've got a drop-leaf table. I just want to offer up a specific thing. Drop-leaf table, no idea how old it is, but it's nice and thick. Uh, I'm sure it's it's a veneer. I'm saying that not Mm -hmm. even barely knowing what a veneer is, Mm -hmm. but I know it's a thin piece of wood, but it's alleged to be my grandfather's and it was a cherry table at least it was cherry color mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he did overwater his plants it sat underneath his window forever so the non-drop leaf area is the only ruined area
1: the very top
0: the very top sure can you match what's on the rest of it well we usually we
1: usually refinish the whole top so we would do the two drop leaves and the center so that it all would match yeah okay. so the question becomes dave is it is it a white mark now from the plants or is it gray or has it turned black
0: well sad sad to say that we don't know what it looked like originally my dad went ahead and sanded oh and now it's bare wood it's in the garage i, I you know mm-hmm. it, it's not houseworthy right now mm-hmm. um And there's a high gloss finish on the rest of it. So you take that whole thing down. Uh, Would we bother doing the legs? The legs look okay.
1: So if the legs are really shiny, we can do what we call our gold level of service, where we refinish the top, and then we recoat the base so that it all brings it together to the right sheen and the right color. Yeah. And so that's the best way to do it. And if he sanded it already, he's done some of the work. He's uh, got he got the finish had, off. I want a discount. Right? I want 10% off <laughs> for of what my dad did. You got it. So then we can correct the plant damage. So he probably sanded off and you don't see any big gl- uh, black or gray marks in no, the wood. So not, then not most likely that's definitely restorable. So you want to try to get your tabletop corrected once it's white or gray. But once it goes to real black, that's more difficult to get what, out.
0: What is that that goes it's black?
1: The, the water has penetrated through the finish and then into the wood. And yeah. then the wood has started the rotting process, you know, where it's darkened and stained and it's difficult to get out it can be bleached out sometimes but um, it's difficult when it's really black
0: are there a lot of people who think they own the best stuff ever Mm -hmm. and it turns out not so much
1: yeah well sometimes we're the bearer of bad news one of our estimators spencer he and I have uh, fun conversations about, uh, you know, saying that we're the bearer of bad news to folks sometimes where they say, well, this came down from five generations. And yeah. and then we have to say, well, I'm sorry, you know, I think this might be a 1939 coffee table or, a, yeah. you know, and it's not as old as some people think. But then there's also the other side, which all of us have watched Antiques Roadshow, where you end up with a piece that is highly valuable. And, you know, they try to focus in on the ones that have the opposite reaction, which is such a great thing to discover something that's so important or so sentimental
0: i love buying old things in part because i wanted them when i was nine right mm-hmm. and i couldn't afford them so i go ahead and buy i mean i've got radio <laughs> shack stereos that are you know they 1970 stereos nothing special but i know a lot of people are like that with antiques where just one or two items in the room can make it so good
1: Yeah, well, when you walk past an item and you think, well, gosh, this has a story and it has a memory. In fact, this is the work. This is why we have a business because we're working miracles to restore family memories. That's what we do. And so when you walk past a piece and you have that memory comes up, and that uh, fills your heart with, oh, this is the connection I have with this piece. Yeah. Then bring it down to us to restore Because if you buy something from, you know, a local furniture store that's new, it yeah. has no story. It's just, oh, I just bought this, and I could just recycle it later. Yeah. But that's the difference between a piece that you care about and one that you don't.
0: Steven, brand new home. Somebody owns a, uh, you know, a modern uh, 10-year-old home, and they sprinkle it with antiques uh, is that a is that a, a design technique, or is it just people just like an old stuff around them?
2: Well, it's. I mean, you can go two ways. Yeah. One are a traditional house that has a traditional antiques in it, yeah. and it all flows together. In my own work, I really like the idea of contrast or counterpoint. Yeah. So taking a glass box house and putting oriental rugs and antiques in it
0: yeah. is,
2: is a counterpoint I think gives more energy. Or taking a traditional house, or even a an, an house from the 1800s, and introducing some modern elements. Uh, and I say that, and uh, I cringe to myself when I say that, because it can also be done very badly.
0: Well, give me an example. <laughs> give me an example. Tell me a story. Uh, well, the example
2: is an 1850s uh, Carolina farmhouse that yeah. is beautifully restored and all ready to go. Uh, and sets, has a character to it. Yeah. And then you walk in and they have Stripped down everything inside, and taken all of the character out of the inside of the house. And they've taken the you know the trim off the walls, yeah. And the, they've painted the hardwood floor, or they've done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the worst things right now is this thing with uh, bleaching hardwood floors. Really, and that is uh, sad. It's uh. And it really kind of takes away the richness and the warmth.
0: That, when you say you know, bleaching, Stephen, when you say bleaching, you mean they use real bleach and make it a white floor? Or uh, pickling? It,
2: well, pickling is a form of bleaching. Really, yeah. It mm-hmm. is taking and drawing the color out of it. Right. And it's, boy, that's hard to come back from. And so when you do things to your house, uh, really a lot of thoughts going into it to begin with. And I don't know. I've seen horror stories.
0: I know. I know. That's all right. Stephen, relax. It's all right. (laughs) You know, the the best part about things like that, it's not Stephen's house, right? It's somebody else. They did Um, what they did, you know, to their house. I've got to pause because I
2: get called in when someone has bought the house because, you know, there's a whole lot they like about it. And then what can we do with this?
0: All right. Hold that thought for just a moment. News is next on WPTF.
1: In the WPTF News Center, I'm Charles Petty. Governor Cooper is set to mandate new orders for stores. The Peace Street Market in Raleigh has been operating from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. seven days a week, just as it had for the past 25 years. Over time, some customers have become like family. Chris Schaefer tells ABC11 the social distancing guidelines has taken a form of crowd Every day we get different ideas from customers and
0: everybody that this is what we should do. You know, we, It's something new.
1: Westbound traffic on I-40 can exit onto a new loop to southbound Aviation Parkway. Instead of everyone wanting to access Aviation Parkway sharing the same exit ramp, drivers wanting to go south will pass under the Aviation Parkway bridge and exit to the right onto the new loop. There will be a traffic signal at the end of the loop ramp, but both lanes of traffic will be able to make a right turn only onto the southbound lane. That is from the North Carolina Department of Transportation.
0: 1700. But there are signs the curve could be flattening New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. The hospitalization rate is down, and that's important. We have more people getting uh, infected still. In the last 24 hours, 983 people have died in the Empire State. A pre-Easter tradition of more than 350 years has changed tonight in Rome.
1: For the first time since 1750, the Pope walked the Stations of the Cross not at the Colosseum, but in St. Peter's Square. He also paid tribute to those who can't stay at home. Doctors, volunteers, shop workers, and priests, like the 60 who have died, and those still performing their duties, like those in Nembro, one of the Italian towns hit hardest by COVID-19.
0: That's CBS's Jeff Livesay. Easter services tomorrow will be affected as well. CBS News Update, I'm Steve Futterman. <laughs> Here's your exclusive WPTF AccuWeather forecast. Today, we'll see bright sunshine as a result, high 66, partly cloudy, dropping to 47 for tonight. Tomorrow, clouding up, a shower thunderstorm in the area, high 73. Monday, we'll need to watch out for some strong gusty thunderstorms, especially in the morning with downpours, hail, and gusty winds. Later in the day, some sunshine and warming to 83. I'm AccuWeather's Bill Dagger on the Triangle Severe Weather Station, News Radio 680 WPTF. Even though we're practicing social distancing, keep your dreams of making your kitchen and living spaces extraordinary. Hi, I'm Eddie Kazanave, the kitchen Casanova from Distinctive Remodeling, inviting you to take a personal virtual tour of our appliance and design center. A kitchen appliance specialist will show you options, check inventory, get quotes, and more, all from your computer or tablet. Distinctive Remodeling, making your dream home a reality. Go to shopapplianceworld.com and click book now. That's ShopApplianceWorld.com. All contest rules can be found at WPTF.com slash contest rules. It's spring. That means it's time to paint the exterior of your home. Finch Quality Painting should be your first call. Finch Painting did a great job painting the whole house. It needed to look new to sell, and everything was done with great detail, professional service, and a great price. Finch Quality Painting can operate totally online and with distance for your safety. Let them provide you with a free estimate. All new jobs this spring get a free pressure wash of your home. FinchPainting.com. 919 609 Seven fifty-nine. FinchPainting.com. The name you can trust. This is making your home great. And if your home isn't great now, or if your home is great, this is the show for you because we're, we're talking about things that are that are important to your home every Saturday from two until three. Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration. And the website is MumfordRestoration.com. Stephen Clipp, the architect, the house whisperer with Stephen Clipp Architecture. And during the break, Bernard's been talking about a sofa. Right. What, what kind of sofa did you just do?
1: Well, it's a Thomas Day sofa. I don't know if uh, any of our listeners are aware of. Thomas Day was an, just an excellent uh, free black man and. In uh, 1820 to 1850, he was a master craftsman in northern North Carolina and southern Virginia. So, we have the privilege of working on three or four of his items. And one we just did recently was a Thomas Day sofa for a couple that are living in Alton, Virginia, in a very historic home. In fact, Stephen was just mentioning, you know, 1850s home. This is a beautiful historic home in Alton, Virginia. And the sofa came from one of their connections, one of their relatives that lived nearby. And we completely restored the sofa and just delivered it back. In fact, you can see it on our YouTube channel, Mumford Restoration YouTube channel, is a description and shows the before and after. And this piece is probably, uh, you know, a $10,000 sofa, very high collector's item. Uh, Master craftsman, he was famous for building furniture with, you know, substrate woods and then veneering it with crotch mahogany. And if anybody wants to learn about him more, there's been some displays at the, you know, the Museum of History downtown. Yeah. Uh, he just is an awesome guy. So when, when Stephen was talking about, you know, how do you keep an 1850s house in the genre of furniture, I sure see that connection. Because you can change the house or you can really complement the house by keeping the floors and the trim and the yeah. and the decorative items and the pieces of furniture that may be eclectic, but they really go with the house. So I sure see Steve's uh, point of view there.
0: What do you think about that, Stephen?
1: Well, first of all, Thomas Day, I think that sofa was more than 10000 Oh,
2: really? <laughs> and, yeah. and, oh, extremely collectible. And there's some antique furniture that just is extremely collectible right now,
3: mm-hmm.
2: especially the mid-century modern stuff.
3: Really? And, yes.
2: Uh, uh, some of that is going for amazing prices.
0: I Do you guys? That, yeah, go ahead, Stephen. Sorry.
2: Well, sorry. I've I've got this great love of of vintage stuff that uh, <laughs> uh, luckily yeah. I've got a few pieces and can you know have some of that.
0: But does it drive you nuts, with, uh, Stephen? It, Stephen, does it drive you nuts to go to Cracker Barrel and uh, take a look at everything hanging above the <laughs> the restaurant?
2: <laughs> uh, no, I like much finer stuff than that. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but the whole thing about an 1850's house or a 1920's house is generally you've got some really good character parlors and good character spaces there but the kitchens are horrible and it is how do you take this Mm -hmm. you know keep the whole character of the house but now open up the kitchen into a family room and make this into a home that, uh, you know, that really is today, lives like today, even if the character is back then. And there's a whole art to that. Uh, I've seen some horrible ones done, uh, very expensive houses, and it's how do you bring it together? And it seems, for the best example, I've got a house in Hillsborough yeah. from 1850s, and we added a family room to it that is large enough that they give concerts for 70 people. Sure. And when you look at the outside of the house, you cannot tell that that large room is in this Carolina farmhouse from the 1850s. Yes. Um, it looks like a mother-in-law apartment and a sun porch. Yeah. And is that a so, good thing?
0: You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no, it's a good thing. It's, it's, yeah. I I think it's really good. You have two different ways of going.
0: Yeah.
2: One is that uh, the new additions are startlingly different than the existing house, yeah. and it's clear what's new and what's old.
0: Right.
2: Uh, In general, I like the opposite, which is that you may be able to tell that something's been added to the house, but you can't tell when. And it all seems like it could have been there to begin with. Right. And that, to me, is both the more successful way to go, and when you go to sell the house especially, I think that returns a higher value.
0: Let me uh, ju- jump in with the telephone number here, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration, and of course the website is MumfordRestoration.com with me out here on the patio. It's a lovely day. We figured we'd do the show outside. Stephen Clip, the House Whisperer, and the website is StephenClippArchitecture.com and Bernard wants people to send photographs
1: yeah you can send photos you can go to our website and upload a photo to our uh, our clip there and you can send photos to our Facebook page and you also can text photos you go to our site we've just put in some new activity for video conferencing and texting and uh, being able to do consultation by phone but we also can come to your house once the crisis is over as well
0: and Steven you've done similar things with your business that you're able to do a lot of work from where you are and not go into homes
2: I could do a lot of work from where I am but the truth is that uh, at least initially the initial consult has to be in person Yeah. you know we can be mostly outside we can be across the room uh, but really have to feel the health Mm -hmm. and have to understand the relationship between, like, the kitchen that you want to restore or want to change and the rest of the house, because nothing's in isolation. And usually I can look at it and say, hey, we open up a doorway here, we close in this wall, you know, we do some things that integrate the different rooms together, Right. And you don't know that until you see them, until you, and until you feel them.
0: Well, Stephen, what are the needs that have changed between 1920s and now in terms of just the design of the living area of a home?
2: Well, by far the biggest is the kitchen is now the center of the house. Back yeah. then, the kitchen was this little cubby hole off to the side that, you know, Either the cook or the mother was in there uh, away from the family. Now the kitchen is the center of the house. You want to fill with uh, light and open to the family room. Uh, People spend three hours a day. Someone spends three hours a day in the kitchen. And that can be three hours spent with the family together. The most quality together time that the family has. Or it's three
1: hours where you don't see your family. Mm. Yeah. So well, I, I think you should. To,
2: sorry.
1: I, I think you should visit uh, Dave's house next because uh, during the break he was describing his kitchen and his Hoosier cabinet. I think he needs your help there. Whatever. Steve. <laughs> All right.
0: This is what we've done. And it's not in the. Uh, I'm trying to understand it. No, we have an open kitchen to a dining area. But it's not a dining room, it's just a dining area. Okay. So we got a Hoosier cabinet folks who don't know a hoosier cabinet is an old-timey wooden piece of furniture but it always has a uh would you call it porcelain 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 piece and uh, uh, as a flat surface and back in the old days when people made bread and things like that they'd slide Mm -hmm. that piece of porcelain out and they'd they'd use it then they'd wipe it clean and slide it back into the furniture it has no particular purpose in a modern kitchen other than to look beautiful. I have my grandfather's.
2: It's to beautiful. To put your pies on. When you bake the pie, Yes, you, you need some place to cool it.
0: Yes. I've never longed for a place to cool my pies. Right? <laughs> I've never said, you know what I really need is a piece of furniture here that will do this. Hmm. I'm eating up the usable space. It's all my fault. I just want gentlemen... I want, Bernard, are you married? Yes. All right. I want, Stephen, are you married?
2: Uh, Widowed.
0: All right. I'm I'm sorry. I I, I just want everybody to know that it's all my fault. Okay? And I start every day with that mantra. But the modern kitchen and dining area in some of these homes is far too small. And this is a 20-year-old house. Mm. There's nothing Mm -hmm. I can do. But I would call Stephen to, to, to help me out. But
2: there are ways, especially when you combine them together, yeah. you can actually gain more effective space in both parts. Okay. You can easily make the, the dining space seem larger, and you can yeah. also see, make the kitchen seem larger within the same space.
0: And for no particular reason, there's a four-foot island, right, gentlemen? Four-foot-wide island. Mm. Far bigger than I would ever design and put in there. And well, that's eaten up more inches. I'm just saying. Of course, I'm complaining about my home. I'm sorry. <laughs> 919-860-9783 is the telephone number. Uh, bernard has got some 10 questions to determine when to restore. Now, he'll restore almost anything. Should I say almost? Yeah.
1: All right. well, you can almost. say anything.
0: He'll restore anything. We talked off the air about typewriters. Indeed really mm-hmm old radios um, wh- what's the weirdest one you've done
1: well let's see we did uh, a lot of music boxes you know that have yeah. uh, the old tin type wheels or the right. and we did a symphonium which was one of the coolest things we've ever worked on it is you know it's a, um, a French piece uh, 1900 um, 1799 and it had a um, a Uh, eight instruments inside so it was called the symphonium wow so it had the drums it had you know like the one-man band kind of thing this is inside the cabinet Uh you would put the uh the french coin in there and then it would play and this was a major reconstruction it was in a water damage and so we completely restored that piece this was a couple years back a beautiful instrument
0: wow yeah if you've got uh my family inherited somebody in the family inherited grandpa's Uh, Accordion. Mm -hmm. It's not out of the question that that could play music again, even though it's been sitting on a shelf for 50 years.
1: Indeed. Well, we're doing a player piano right now that is a full restoration. You know, the. The technical restringing, the rebuild of the player, the rest- restoration of the cabinet, the restringing of the entire piano, all new hammers. So we do all the technical and all of anything that can be done to a piano is something that we have uh, in-house, which is a, a great team. In fact, I get the credit often for this excellent team that we have. Yeah, it's really you have, the craftsmen that you do have, the
0: work. But, but the great thing is that you can pull in whomever you need for a particular project Mm -hmm. he's got 10 questions to determine when to restore i think we covered one and two yeah does the piece have sentimental value Mm -hmm. yeah if so call him does this piece bring up family memories yeah are they positive memories or did you dislike the person who owned it i don't know maybe you know number three is it inherited you get a lot of inherited stuff
1: oh absolutely yeah and then some of it comes with guilt you know really yeah Inherited with the form of guilt. Remember, every every meal is served with a side of guilt. Remember yes, that movie? it is. <laughs>
0: well, how about the people who who ended up with the thing, right? Yes. they had. I grabbed it as soon as Aunt Margaret was uh, her back was turned. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Um, is it? Does it have old time quality? Is mm. it made with old time quality? How right. do I know that?
1: Yeah. Is it worth restoring? I mean, that's the biggest question. Is that if it has enough quality? Because some things are just old. Some things are old and quality, so you Amen. have to determine. Amen. Um, is it the style you like?
0: Eh, yeah, sure. Does it bring you personal pleasure to visualize this piece restored?
1: right so you can picture it if you can you know when stephen is given examples of how good your house can look this is a similar situation where can you visualize this piece being restored and being in a certain spot in your home yeah and it adding to your conversation adding to your memories and adding to the home
0: he's bernard mumford of mumford restoration he's the furniture nerd stephen clip is the house whisperer from stephen clip architecture I'm Dave Alexander. I'm just from the show Making Your Home Great. Telephone number 919-860-9783. Call us right now. You'll be on right after this. Are making your home great. Now, we're not doing it. We're not in your house right now. Straightening things up and cleaning the dishes, but what we're going to do at this time frame on this radio station Every Saturday at 2 is have experts who can help you out. And uh, Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. And Jennifer from Kerry joins us while Bernard Mumford of Mumford Restoration and Stephen Clip, the house whisperer, are listening. Hi, Jennifer.
3: Hi there. What can we do listening. for you? Well, I was just listening to the show, and something that Mr. Mumford said really resonated with me about the sentimental value of pieces. I have a dining room set that I inherited from my mother, and it was probably made in the 1950s or so. My husband and I are in the process of remodeling, and so we're sort of in the space where he really wants to buy new. I really want to restore my mom's furniture. I know it looks horrible right now, um, but we're in this place where we don't know if it's worth restoring. Should we buy new? Is it more expensive? Um, And I know a lot of that kind of depends on quality. I just don't know how to determine that. And so I wanted to ask Mr. Mumford how they might be able to help us resolve this.
1: Well, this is just an excellent question, Uh, and it definitely is a quandary because your husband is also having some input on he's not as sentimental as you are, and so you have to determine, all right, well, let's get a quote together for the restoration cost, and then we recommend that you go out and go shopping and compare. Well, what is the quality now that you've learned about the set that you have, and what is the quality that's available? Uh, What could you look for, and what is the price comparison? Because we owe Always want to lead you in the right direction to make sure that everything lines up for you to be able to decide well this is definitely what we want to do we want to restore this set because it has this meaning to us or we want to replace it because we're really excited about another set that we've always wanted to buy and we just need to let this other set go so we'd be glad to help with that in any way to, you know, to do a consultation or a video conference for now to help you with that. Because we can tell you what, when it was made and some of the history and all that just from uh, me being the furniture nerd. So I'd be glad to right. talk with you further. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, that would be really helpful. And, and the other question I had is for people who are remodeling, do you help them figure out sort of shapes and colors and try to help them? out designs and upholstery so the furniture the chairs need fabric as well Um, I think my husband would be okay keeping it if I could bring it up to date and help it to sort of match the design that we're going for.
1: Yeah, well, we carry fabrics in our vehicles, and we also have a showroom for fabrics, and we have some websites for folks to go to for selecting fabrics, by all means. So that's definitely something we can help with. And the stain colors, we often will make a sample, or we can uh, take another drawer from something else that you have in your home that you want to match, and we'd be glad to bring that together so that you can visualize and not be too surprised when the set comes back that, hey, this is really what it's going to look like because we have a sample that we're shooting for. Yeah. So, those are great questions. Well,
3: that's really helpful. Um, I appreciate it. You might be able to help me with our
1: divorce. <laughs> 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 I like this.
0: We, we can do that. There's no doubt we can put that off. Uh, Bernard Mumford is the furniture nerd, mumfordrestoration.com. Jennifer, I'm going to ask you to take a picture of it, of the items that you've spoken about. And go okay. to that website and you there's an upload feature
1: mm-hmm righty. great thanks for calling
3: I'm there now I see it thank you guys so much for your help That's
0: a you're welcome thank you Jennifer 919 860 is our telephone number in the couple of minutes left Stephen what were you thinking about when you heard Jennifer's question about the sofa and the, the design should you be involved because you're the architect guy
2: um, I get involved with all levels. What I was thinking about is just the dynamic between a husband and wife. Oh, yeah. And a lot oh, of what yeah. I do, I had a new question this week. And it was, we want to do a consult to figure out what to do with our home. But want you to interview my husband separately and yeah. then interview me or, uh-huh. you know, do a consult separately with the two of us because I don't want, the, the wife is saying, I don't want my desires or my goals to override his. Right. And it's, that's really sweet. Yeah. And because quite often in a relationship, one person Great. cares more about, really. okay. the, the you know, the, the house and yes. one or one person has a stronger personality and tends to get more what they want. Uh, part no. of my job is the joke is that well, on some level I'm a marriage counselor. Oh yes, because, <laughs> because I'm trying to you know balance the desires of both both of husband and wife. Yes. and bring them to the point where they can agree on what to do. And, Bill,
0: uh, uh, let me, delicate. Stephen, I've got Bill in Raleigh who's been waiting, and I want to get him on before the program huh. ends. Hi, Bill. Welcome. You're on with Stephen Clipp and Bernard Mumford. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Welcome. This is Bill. Uh, I've got a question uh, for Mr. Mumford. I was looking yeah. on your website while listening, and um, it looks like you will restore guns. Also
1: That's for- right. Yes, sir.
0: So, if I gave you a scenario like uh, I inherited some guns from my great-grandfather, and they're from what I think is the late 1800s,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, would you be able to look at those and maybe give me an idea of you know, not only what it would cost to restore them, but then maybe what they'd be worth? Yes.
1: Yes, sir. We sure can. So we can provide what we consider to be a very comprehensive evaluation to determine the value, the age and the repair needed and the fire ability. And so it's a pretty comprehensive uh, report um, that our gun technician provides. And it really can be uh, easy to make decisions from that report. So we'd be glad to help you with that. Bill, thank you for calling.
0: That was Bill Thank you, from Raleigh. The yeah, you, I'll read that. You're now. welcome. Okay. We had Patricia who didn't want to go on the radio, but had a question that was fairly specific. An older sofa that is short. Yeah, it's a great that, question that,
1: because you, usually what happens to an older sofa, and this is something I had on the list for a topic, is that the the springs and the webbing can get sagging yeah and so the webbing you know is this burlap webbing that's underneath and hooks to the frame right so you know your frame can have some problems too but this webbing can really sag and then the springs can sag and then your foam and so then you feel like you're sitting on the floor Amen. and though this is when it's time to consider all right how sentimental am I about this sofa yeah. so that I can get it reupholstered and rewebbed and retied is what we call that yeah so we're rewebbing and we're retying the springs and restocking stuffing, and then reupholstering. So it, that's usually the case.
0: Is it possible that it was just manufactured short?
1: It could be because, you know, older folks, um, you know, older days, there was uh, folks were much shorter. And you've seen the parlor chairs, you know, yeah. very low to the ground, and that can be the case. So uh, it could be that they uh, need webbing, and it could be just it was uh, great-grandparents that were shorter.
0: Wow. Stephen Clip, I want in the last minute here for you to mention the work you do with people who are just starting to buy a home.
2: Absolutely. Most of the houses, well, anybody spends, when they buy a house, they spend an average of $80,000 of work on it after the purchase. Wow. A lot of the houses that I deal with need that, and they need hundreds of thousands of dollars even of work. Mm -hmm. And it's very, I think, valuable to understand before you buy the house just how much work is involved and to make it into the house that they want. What does that kitchen cost? What does replacing the master bath cost? Uh, What other areas of the house are going to require work? And this is one of the services I do is go with you to look at the house and give you a good idea of what you can do with it and just how much it's going to cost.
0: Stephen, thank you very much. Stephen Clipp is the house whisperer, com. Bernard Mumford is the furniture nerd. Yeah, that's your nickname from mumfordrestoration.com. This is this is making your home great.